Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and today I'm actually flying solo. I originally had plans to uh, connect with none other than Mark Zweig himself, but um, he's in the process of moving and dealing with a number of things. And so we're going to circle back again in the coming week or so. And and, uh, he will be on another episode of the Zweig Letter podcast, in addition to some other people that I am currently working on getting on the show. Um, 2018 has a lot in store. There are going to be a number of changes to this podcast, to how we do things. We're going to try to insert some more videos uh, on our channel. We're going to try to share a, a different amount of information for you guys to consume. So it won't just be in your ears, but your eyes and every other uh, area um, that uh, you consume information and we'll be trying to uh, get out in front of that and and, uh, share with you what's happening here at Zwei Group. But more importantly, uh, we want to hear from you and and find out what's happening in the design industry as a whole. I don't care whether you're an engineer, architect, environmental consultant, planner, landscape architect, construction manager. Uh, we want to hear from you. And so this this year, uh, unlike any of the um, years past when we've done this podcast, we are going to be taking time to listen to the practitioners in the industry, those of you that make this industry go on a daily basis. So I cannot wait um, to uh, for, for the audience to hear some of the people that we have scheduled to come on uh, in this year. And actually, we had, we're even bringing some people from outside of the industry uh, that are well-known and uh, that have a lot of great things to say uh, to come and speak here on different topics. Um, the podcast is going to expand uh, our base. So we're not going to just hyper-focus on the articles from the Zweig letter. I think that's that's one thing that we've done in the past. And we're not obviously we don't read articles anymore like we used to. Um, but we're going to hear from um, Mark and uh, Mark Zweig and Chad Kleinens and 
Christy Zweig and Jamie Claire Kaiser and Bill Murphy and so many other individuals here on our team. And then as many people as we uh, set up to come on this podcast in this next year, I think you'll be excited to see what we have to offer. And uh, remember, just just continue to um, do what you're doing on a regular basis and know that you certainly are making a difference. I I was uh, had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to speak at um, a very successful uh, civil engineering firm. It's actually a, a engineering and architecture firm uh, based in the upper Midwest. And I got to tell you, people up there in that area, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, Nebraska, they're doing some amazing things. And so, you know, sometimes we don't we don't give. Uh, uh, we don't give coverage to any one specific area of the country, but I certainly want to give a shout out to the folks up in the upper Midwest for all the amazing work that they're doing up there. And the fact that, you know, even though we hyper focus on the coastlines, we think about the West Coast, we think about the Northeast and the East Coast, you know, the Midwest, the breadbasket or the upper Midwest, there's a lot happening there um, from a design industry perspective. And so we want to certainly highlight those folks. And we've even had some people on the show in the past that have uh, come from uh, that that neck of the woods. And so certainly want to uh, just encourage you guys, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, uh, hunkered down behind a desk in front of a screen, working on the latest designs for the latest project. I don't care what it is. Uh, just want to let you know that we really encourage you uh, and we really appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, to to build up the infrastructure for this country, to build up the infrastructure for your clients. Uh, there's so much work to be done. And so really want to encourage you guys to continue doing what you do on a regular basis. And we will be here uh, to figure out ways to encourage you, to enlighten you, to inspire you, and to uh, give you some additional information that will make your day go a little bit smoother and will allow you to uh, recognize that you're not in this alone. And uh, I think that's a, an important message. Um, one of the things that we will be focusing on this year is discussing leadership. We want to spend a fair amount of time on the importance of leadership. I think that as we get at, into a much more aging population of leaders in the design industry, um, the fact of the matter is that we've got to be creating new leaders that will come up and take over the Perkins and Wills and the HOKs and the Genslers and the AECOMs and um, the ISGs, the big red dogs of the world. We have to raise up new leaders. And part of the process is uh, just encouraging um leadership and understanding the study of leadership, because actually it is a study. And um, recently I had a chance to really dive deep in this area. We are, uh, we've done, and I've talked about it in the past, a, um, a leadership training course for uh, design firms. And uh, I recently wrote an article that uh, really just stuck with me. I got tremendous feedback from this article, and I kind of wanted to share that article and go a little in depth with it today and talk a little bit about this whole leadership process. And um, the, 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 art, the title of the article is called Leadership To-Do List. And in the article, I had a chance to kind of go over uh, 
four areas um, or four steps, if you will, that can help you solidify your position as a strong leader. And the thing that I was really, um, in, I was motivated to do this as I studied great leaders um, throughout history, uh, namely individuals, uh, some dead, some alive, like Richard Branson and Nelson Mandela and Winston Churchill and um, even going back in history and looking at the leadership styles of different individuals and you know how they impacted the uh, the audience that they served and I think there's always room for improvement I think there's always room for us as individuals to uh, improve who we are and understand who we are and so I wrote this article to try to you know help companies that are on the rise and individuals that are within those companies that are trying to move into a, a place of leadership to just have a better understanding of what they need to do in order to ensure that their companies are being run by individuals that are fully secure in themselves and you know know what's going on and so um the the basic premise of this was to kind of talk about you know some of the ways that uh, that leaders can grow within their craft of being a leader um it's not that you just get the title it's not that you know, somebody comes to you and says, hey, I really like you. Everybody else likes you. So we're going to make you a leader. Uh, there's so much more to that. And so really want to take some time to kind of talk about that. And as I look at, um, you know, some of the great individuals uh, in history that have been, um, you know, that have had done some great things in business, I, I, I think of one individual that comes to mind, which is Peter Drucker. Um, many consider him to be the father of modern management. And, um, you know, Peter Drucker had a famous quote, and he basically said, management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. And I love that quote because it, it resonates with me in, in the sense that a lot of people can be managers and there are a lot of great managers out there, but to be a leader requires time and effort that sometimes we just are not able to uh, exercise. And so I really want to encourage you to, you know, think about some of these steps that I'm about to share with you and figure out ways to um, enhance your ability to do these things. Um, one of the things that I picked up big time by studying Winston Churchill is that um, he was very effective. I mean, Winston Churchill's life is is one of ups and downs. I mean, he had some major epic failures uh, early on in his life after World War One when he was in politics in the UK, and um, he was soundly defeated and pretty much took his tail, tucked it between his legs, and went off into private life and went to, to go writing and wrote some books and published articles that were uh that were featured in US magazines like um I believe Ladies Home Journal and some others and worked on a speaking skill set. I mean he did a lot of stuff behind the scenes to improve who he was uh after his first time first round failure uh in politics in the United Kingdom. Uh all of that changed though uh when he was thrust back into politics in the nineteen thirties and ultimately became Prime Minister of England. Uh, and, and of course, a lot of us know the story of Winston Churchill about, uh, you know, many of us say never forget and, um, you know, never give up and never um, deal with, uh, you know, tyranny, uh, the way that he stood up to the Nazis during World War II. But 
I think it was really some of the things that are kind of overlooked about Winston Churchill was the fact that many considered him to be a phenomenal leader, but his leadership was defined by his ability to do a couple of really key things. And one of those things that I mentioned in the article was that, you know, great leaders are great listeners. And Winston Churchill had the reputation for being the kind of guy as a prime minister that literally people could walk off the street and sit and have a meeting with him. And he would listen to everything that they had to say. Uh, he, he took time to listen to other members of his cabinet, uh, members in parliament. He would listen to just about anyone that would take an that that he took an audience with, and I think it's important. Uh, people would remark, just even the average Joe would remark about how impressed they were that someone at such a high stature took the time to listen to them and talk with them. And so, um, I, you know, being a leader is more than just barking orders and telling people what to do and and being recognized as being the head of the organization. Being a leader also means being a great listener. And Winston Churchill certainly embodied this spirit, and he had a lot of success in this area. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons why um, the UK got behind him at you know, at the height of World War II, when when London was just being bombed incessantly, and so much was happening, and for the average person to look around at all the rubble and look around at all the destruction, to to not give up in the face of all of that, speaks um, tremendously about Churchill's ability to encourage uh, people that you know what we can't give up, we can't. We have to continue this fight. And uh, that's a real mark of a great leader. And a lot of that, especially when it came to Churchill, the respect that he garnered was due to the simple fact that he listened to people. He listened to his team members. He listened to the average uh, citizen in London. Um, He really took it to heart what people had to say. And I think as a leader, to be successful, You've got to listen to your people. You've got to listen to others around you. You've got to take constructive criticism without um, getting upset or take being defensive about it. You have to be able to uh, allow uh, the feedback of others to be a lightning rod for you to continue to develop as a leader. And so uh, certainly great leaders are great listeners. Um, the second thing that I had a chance to write about is that great leaders also read between the lines. And this speaks to the idea that, you know, a lot of times the unspoken word is just as important as the spoken word. Um, when you interact with individuals, you not only need to listen to what they're saying, you need to look at their body language. Um, There's an expression called micro expressions, which are very slight. And if you are not observant, you will miss these micro expressions that can sometimes speak volumes and speak um, uh, a lot about how a person feels, how they will respond to certain things that you're suggesting that they do. A lot of leaders can miss out on these micro expressions or even expressions in general because they're so hell bent on just getting their message out that they don't take time to um, observe how their message is being um, received. And I think it's just something that, you know, as individuals, I mean, we, we, you know, we, 
we are in a fast paced environment. I mean, with technology being what it is and the internet and yes, yes, I can blame the internet. I can blame smartphones for the short attention spans that we have. You know, we're quick to bark orders and just expect that everything's going to fall into place. But great leaders um, take time to read body language. They take time to really look at, you know, how individuals are receiving the information that they're sharing. And certainly I've heard from people over and over again, I work with so-and-so, he just doesn't get it. She just doesn't get it. Uh, I've went through some major issues in my life personally, and you know they never responded to uh, what I was saying or what I was doing. And you know my body language spoke volumes about the situation that I was in, and I never felt um, that anyone ever came to me to ask me how I was doing. And I think it's really important that no matter what type of leader that you are, um, you understand and learn how to read people and understand that it's more than just the words that are coming out of their mouths, but it's also the body language, the the body expressions, those micro expressions, which can speak volumes. I mean, there are specialists out there that detect lies from people because through micro expressions. And um, so it's, it's, you can read between the lines if you observe the individuals that you're speaking to that you're interacting with. And so uh, really want to encourage you um, to really think about that and to think about your interactions with the people that you're dealing with on a daily basis and, you know, what your body language is saying to them. It's kind of like when you're in a meeting and you, if you're on your phone the whole time, you're not giving time to those individuals. Um, people tend to tune that out. And uh, as a leader, it's something that, you, you know, we have to work on collectively because we're all we're we all struggle with this, uh, myself included. And so I just want to encourage you that sometimes it's good to be reminded, you know, of the fact that we are dealing with other individuals and we're not dealing with a computer or some robot, but but human flesh and human flesh requires an amount of attention, an amount of observation, an amount of response and feedback that um, you just don't get from artificial materials. And so, you know, I think you need to figure out as as a leader, as you continue to develop as a leader, I don't care where you are in your career, um, everybody has the opportunity to be a great leader. Yes, some people are fantastic managers. Uh, and not good leaders, but some people are good managers that become great leaders. And so you need to figure out ways to continue to develop that skill set behind it. And so the listening is important, being able to read between the lines. I think the third thing um, that a good leader is able to do is able to communicate effectively to their audience, whether it's an audience of one or an audience of a thousand. Uh, in the article that I wrote, I told a story about uh, the impact that Bill Clinton had on people that he would come in contact with and meet and communicate with. And people would tell stories about how Bill Clinton would come into a room and like have a conversation with you. And it might be a cocktail reception or something like that. And he would come in and he would speak to an individual and wouldn't look past them, would look directly in their eyes and engage them and repeat their name, which is important because um, it's one of the sweetest sounds that anyone will hear is their name. If you can, and I'm terrible with names, and this is a real challenge for me, but I really work on memorizing and remembering people's names because it is the, the psychologists have said it is the 
the greatest sound that a person can hear is their name repeated. And so I make it a point when I connect with people is to repeat their name and and say it and even repeat it again when I'm departing from them and doing something else. Now, granted, when you work with people, you should obviously remember their names, but this benefits you as you go out into the community, as you interact with clients, uh, as you interact with the general public, remembering names and repeating names is huge. Um, That's just a little extra tidbit. But the piece of communication for leadership, it just goes hand in hand. A great leader is a great communicator. And so Bill Clinton had this ability to communicate with individuals and they really felt like they were heard. People would remark that, you know, they'd be in a, a, a large gathering, a social setting with Bill and Bill would look at them. He wouldn't look past them. And you know what I'm talking about when you can be at a cocktail party and somebody's looking at you, talking to you, but they're also looking through you or past you at somebody else that they want to get to and talk to. We've all been there. We're all guilty of it. But the key thing is how do you control that um, that uh, that desire to move from one conversation to the other. So there is some there's some real skills that can be learned in terms of how you develop and 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 have a conversation and how you communicate effectively with someone so they feel like you're being talked um, to and not talked at or talked through. And uh, it's it's kind of important. To, to consider and to think about how you communicate with individuals. The other thing that they always said about Bill Clinton, and this really comes from a public speaking perspective, is that even in a large audience of a thousand people, everyone felt like, man, I felt like he was really talking to me. It's the art. And I, we talk about it. I do a public speaking course with uh, engineers and architects, and we do a program with ACEC, but teaching engineers, teaching architects how to be public speakers and how to really you know, captivate an audience and keep them engaged. It's an art. It's something that you practice. You can't just, and, and you know, turn up one day and be a, an effective communicator and an effective speaker. But Bill Clinton had this ability, no matter where he was, no matter how big of an audience to speak that he was speaking to, he would be able to capture the the attention of each and every person. And people would come out of those spe- uh, speaking engagements saying, man, I really felt like he was speaking directly to me. And some of you have been in those environments where it might have been a, lo- a large audience, but because of the skill set of that speaker, you felt like they were talking directly to you because of the way they engaged you, um, that way that they moved around and, and scanned the audience and looked in people's eyes. It's something that I do as a speaker. Speaker, I make it a point. And I'll even, when I teach it, I'll even re- remind them that I looked somebody in the eye throughout the process, not just one person, but you go through the whole audience. And so that's just like a speaker 101 tip for you. Uh, but take it for what it's worth. The idea is that communicating effectively, whether to the one or to the many, is a strong skill that can be learned. And that if effective can make someone a really great leader because they're able to capture the minds of the people that are around them. They're able to capture the minds of their audience and they are able to communicate effectively ideas and thoughts that then can be translated to whatever they're working on at the time. So um, that's, you know, that's the third thing. The, the, The fourth and final step that a leader can do is that great leaders can understand leadership style and uh, they, they can really develop um, uh, 
exponentially if they not only know who they are, but they also understand and can figure out what other people, how other people operate. And so I really want to encourage you there. There, I identified eight leadership styles and there are obviously more and there are some pros and cons to each of these and um, should definitely check out the article. We will, I'll, I'll uh, post a link to the article in the show notes, but the eight leadership styles are autocratic. Those benefit those that require close supervision. It's not good for creatives. There's a task oriented style of a leader they put strong structures in place, tend to be autocratic at times. There's a transformational leader. Think of inspiring. Um, they're not so detailed, but they are very inspiring. There's a charismatic leader. These individuals communicate well with a strong emotional tie. Sometimes there there is too much reliance on a charismatic leader. Um, there's a bureaucratic leader. These are the by the book people. These people are usually not good in creative or flexible environments. Uh, The democratic leader, this is the type of leader where everyone has a voice. And sometimes it can be difficult to make a decision with this leadership style. There's a servant leader where these individuals lead from behind or it's the bottom up mentality uh, or the inverted pyramid. Um, And sometimes this type of leader doesn't mix well with other leadership styles. And then there's a laissez faire leader. And this person works well in a highly creative environment where they give a lot of flexibility and deference to other members in the group. And um, there is no real leadership or supervision efforts from a laissez faire leader. So, you know, think about those um, eight leadership styles, autocratic, task oriented, transformational, charismatic, bureaucratic, democratic, servant leader and laissez faire. See if any of them apply to you. Highly would recommend that um, that you consider doing a strengths finder test to figure out your um, your style of leadership. And also there's a personality test, which I will include the link to in the show notes. And, you know, see if any of these different leadership styles apply to you. You know, at the end of the day, there's only one Winston Churchill. There's only one Nelson Mandela. There's only one Richard Branson. There's only one Martin Luther King. And there's only one you. Uh, I really want to encourage you to be the best you that you can be. And if you desire to grow in a leadership role and to take yourself to the, as I like to say, the next level, really work on this. It's an art. It's a science. It's not something that you just wake up and become one day. It requires a lot of work. And throughout this year, we're going to deal with the topic of leadership. We're going to talk about it in a lot of different ways. Uh, I'm going to talk about why leader, great leaders have great routines. I'm going to talk about you know, some of the ways that leaders take care of themselves from a health perspective. And, you know, we're going to get into that more and more. And I'm going to hopefully give you guys some tips that will help. And every now and then we'll do a one off where uh, I'll do a solo show and just kind of share some information with you. And I hope you like it. But more importantly, I just want to make sure that you guys are getting uh, guys and gals are getting the most uh, out of this podcast and out of the information that we have to share. There's so much so much to be done um, in this day and age, uh, both with your internal organizations, how you interact with clients. Uh, and we want to make sure that we're giving you the skills and the tools necessary to be as successful as you can be. You need to go out and do amazing things. Listen, I'm Randy Wilburn, and this has been 
another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a friend. Remember, sharing is caring. And uh, in the coming weeks, you're going to see some changes on the podcast. You're going to see some um, new people uh, added to the show, and I think you'll like it. But in the meantime, just continue to go out and do you the best way that you know how. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you have an amazing day. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.